But I would add this. Let's dispel with this fiction that Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is trying to change this country. He wants America to become more like the rest of the world. We don't want to be like the rest of the world. We want to be the United States of America. And when I'm elected president, this will become, once again, the single greatest nation in the history of the world, not the disaster Barack Obama has imposed upon us. Senator Rubio, thank you. I do want to bring in Governor Bush on this Hold because on you've second. made this. Excuse me. If you'd like to respond to the economic... I think he directly right. mentioned me and my record Governor in there. So I think I get a chance to respond. You see, everybody, I want the people at home to think about this. That's what Washington, D.C. does. The drive-by shot at the beginning with incorrect and incomplete information and then the memorized 25-second speech that is exactly what his advisors gave him. See, see Marco, Marco, the thing is this. When you're president of the United States, when you're a governor of a state, the, the memorized 30-second speech where you talk about how a great America is at the end of it doesn't solve one problem for one person. They expect you to plow the snow. They expect you to get the schools open. And when the worst natural disaster in your state's history hits you, they expect you to rebuild their state, which is what I've done. None of that stuff happens on the floor of the United States Senate. It's a fine job. I'm glad you ran for it. But it does not prepare you for president of the United States. That was a very um, low-energy introduction. Um, thank you all for coming. Um, uh, just one quick question before we start. Who here is a member of Ricochet? Woo! All right, all the members, turn to the people who are not members and sell them a membership. We're not going to be the only ones not making money on this. Um, uh, we're going to run this like our, our ordinary podcast, but it's going to be live, so it's going to be like old-time radio, um, which... Um, you know, if you're a Bernie Sanders voter, you probably understand old-time radio very well. Uh, so we'll break in it every now and then, and then we, you know, we, have, we have sponsors. We have advertisers. These are fine products that you should uh, support with your dollars because they are supporting us. Um, and uh, we have had in the past trouble uh, with one or two sponsors who didn't like the cut of our political jib. I think we also want to say hello to everybody who is in the Ricochet chat room right now. That's right. That's right. Listening online, live, to this, uh, to this podcast that is live, which is kind of a contradiction in terms or a or kind of a violation well, of the f laws of the physical universe or something. Well, we do it every four years. Um, I mean, we do the podcast more often than that. <laughs> but we do this part every four years. And the first year we did it, 2008, we were in this same space, but just a little trivia. We were only, we see where the divider is right there in the room. We were only on that side. And on this side was a Hillary Clinton union rally. <laughs> and we, we uh, I think, laughed and shouted them down. No, it was awesome. The, the Clinton people came and complained and asking us if we could keep it down. Which was, That's right. <laughs> such a great Hillary. We, we, could you we, keep it down back there? Well, they, you know, I think Jack said no. It was, it was past their bedtime, Rob. Yeah. Uh, Hillary but, right now, I hope you all know that Hillary right now is really doing fantastically well with the over 80 demographic. 
That's in actually true. And that's about it, by the way. That's really about it. So uh, the schedule tonight is uh, we're going to talk, and then um, we're going to watch the debate together, and then we're going to, uh, we hope, wrap up some of the debate stuff uh, humoristically, as they say in the military. Um, after that, so stick around. Um, the bar, there's no food, but the bar is still open. And um, if you're really good conservatives, you'll take advantage of that. Uh, because we're going to, you know, we should probably, if we're all going to sit here and watch the debate and drink, we should, should we have a, yeah. Drinking game, yeah. we Yeah, drinking game. So we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier about what would be on, like, your debate-watching bingo card, right? And I think it was, it was John's point that you can't, what was it, Marco Rubio? Yeah, that, Marco Rubio yeah how many times Marco Rubio will say if, if, I am, if I am president. Now, I do think that uh, one interesting square on the board would be Jeb Bush saying when I am not president, but that, that's just me. <laughs> I'm going to spring the bottle. Um, or uh, uh, I want to hear, I, will, I think that we should all drink if we hear New York values. Because that worked, apparently. And I'd like to, I think we should at least toast that, right? How many people here from New York? You brought your New York values here. Um, and then maybe after, afterwards we should, I don't know, we'll probably be watching it, but we should just bear in mind, I think we should do some pundit bingo. Um, anyone who says, uh, any candidate, he did what he had to do. We get to drink. Also, um, best special bonus prize if anyone says the winner of tonight was Jim Gilmore. <laughs> um, but speaking of pundit bingo, though, she's not really a pundit. Wait, who's Jim sure. Gilmore? Dude, I, I don't, I don't want to have anyone denigrating Jim Gilmore, right? His tortoise strategy <laughs> is paying off. He spent almost no money, and he's now in the top eight. Now, by the way, by At this the way, rate, he'll be president in twenty one, twenty three. Listen, Jim Gilmore is a very fine. He has a daughter, you know, Lorelai, a granddaughter named Rory, and they all lived in Stars Hollow together. <laughs> and you know, he is married to a mean woman who wasn't nice to Lauren Graham, and you know. So I just think the Gilmore Girls Clap, is a really fine <laughs> show. So, a fine um, show. Here's, uh, I, I do not claim to be a journalist. You don't? Uh, no, ever. Because um, that will require facts and yeah. knowledge. And yeah, he's only written a column for, what, yeah. 20 years. Well, I make it up. Make yeah. it up. But um, there so is like somebody, Brian Williams. Just like Brian Williams, yeah. right. He's also not a journalist. Uh, but I was astonished, and I don't, this is not a sh- knock. It's not? Yeah. No, this is said with Whenever love. anyone says this is not a knock, it's a knock. Yeah. I was astonished. It's like when people say, with all due respect, yeah. that's like saying, go. Or yourself. no offense. Yeah. No offense. Yeah. But I was astonished today to discover, Jonah, that you literally did some reporting. That's right. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not quite what they call shoe leather reporting. I like to do what they call ass leather reporting. <laughs> Um, I was sitting in the back seat of a car. Ass velour reporting. Ass velour. Rich Corinthian leather posterior reporting. No, um, I had this great... You know, they have lotion for that. I don't know. (laughs) Tell me about it. Um, So I show up at the airport yesterday, and uh, I got to get a cab. And I go down to the cab stand, and I ask, how much does it cost to get downtown or get to my hotel in Nashua? And he says, 
$43. But this man is here first, and this, there's this other guy. He's kind of frantic, and he's running around. And he says, how much is the cap? And the guy says, it's $43. And he turns to me in like a panic and says, can we split it? Can we split it? And it turns out you can't split it because the cab driver, two different destinations, would charge us both $43. And he's like, I can't, I can't take a cab ride that costs as much as my hotel room. <laughs> Which sounded pretty sketchy, right? And then, look, Jack Fowler's thinking, what, what hotel is that? We yeah, no, exactly. Um, and then, so anyway, I, like, I come on the cab. He's like, can I just ride to where you're going, then I'll go where I'm going? And we'll split it. And I said, don't worry about it. I'll cover it. Don't worry about it. What are you doing here? And he says, well, I'm, I'm not, I swear, I'm not making this up. He says, I'm from Sweden, and I'm here to work on the Bernie Sanders campaign. <laughs> and I, I, I swear, this is, this is not a setup. I couldn't believe it. It's like, it's one of these things. Not since, in 2000, I got an angry phone call. From, uh, a, from it said on the caller ID CNN that was calling from CNN and they this guy just ripped into me about a column I had written about how my grade school wrote of Sholem had gotten rid of Mother's Day because it was offensive to kids with two fathers and I just sort of ripped into it and all this kind of, and he, this guy took offense and he called me and just just tore into me you're an idiot you're a moron you think that was clever blah 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 and I was like who are you and and he says, I don't have to tell you who I am. And I said, oh, really? Is that the policy at CNN? Because I can tell that's where you're calling from. And he went dead quiet. And so I wrote a column called This is CNN about this call. And um, it's why I got a contract at CNN in 2000. Anyway, Rich, Rich Lowry you know, told me, you know, Jonah, this is not the way it's normally done. You can't just sit at home and wait for the stories to call you on the phone. But... So anyway, this guy from Sweden um, was fantastic. He was not from Sweden. He was born in Southern California. He's lived in Sweden for 10 years. And he says, this is my last shot at electoral politics. I lost faith in America, which I thought was kind of evidenced by the fact he moved to Stockholm. And he just got out of India. He was in Iowa for 10 days. And he's here to bum around. He just shows up to do what they want. And he's like, so what do you do? And I am like freaking out. I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I know it's another 20 minutes in this cab. If I, if I tell him about my wonderful book, Liberal Fascism, this is going to get really awkward. So I don't tell him anything. And first I'm a I'm, urologist. <laughs> and he, more. he keeps turning it back to me and I keep asking him these questions. It's really interesting listening to him talk and the only football team he likes is the Green Bay Packers because it's a socialist team. And, um, and so, but anyway, he, 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 he asks me, you know, you know, so what's your name? And I said, well, my name's Jonah. And I finally, I tell him where I work. And I said, well, I write for the LA Times and USA Today. And he's oh, okay. You coward. That's yeah, like- well, no, no, I just, I did, I wanted to keep asking him questions without him getting hostile, right? And so anyway, we, we get to the hotel and he's like, oh, let me give you my email. You should get in touch. We'll, you know, you come to Stockholm, I'll take you out. You know, we'll have, we'll have, you know, granola. And, and, um, it's so anyway... I gave him my full name, and I know he went home to Google me, and he's going to like, like, and he's going to be like, I had my chance to kill him, <laughs> and he got away. It was fascinating. Although a Sanders supporter probably only has dial-up. He's probably just getting it now. Didn't you hear Bernie say yeah. in the debate the other night that he just didn't believe in killing Unlike, we all believe in killing, but he doesn't believe in killing. 
In case you were wondering, there should be no killing. Wouldn't That's great his policy, just... and he's sticking to it. That, and he's going to go into your wallet and take every last dollar from you and give it to somebody else. Because that's, that's, All that's right. what you're supposed well, to okay, do. Okay, so um, speaking of uh, 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 elaborate wealth transfers, we're here in New Hampshire, right? TV market, Boston TV market is expensive. Um, uh, diehard movement conservative Republicans contribute to the campaign of their choice, whatever it is, right, for the PAC, right? Those people then take all of that money, hundreds of millions of dollars, and they give it to liberal newspapers and, 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 and uh, TV stations to run ads. This is the largest transfer of wealth from conservatives to liberals <laughs> in history. And... And yet, outside, it's still kind of fun. It outside of the, fun. Ta- it's the largest voluntary one. Yeah, true. The, the oh, tax yeah, that's code. That's is... true. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. That's what I meant. I forgot to say voluntary. Um, but that's what I kind of love about it. I mean, I kind of love like that's why I come here every four years because you really see this crazy like like there 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 are people out there right now, no one here, for whom this is just an elaborate kind of cosplay. This is like Politicon, where they kind of come and they have a hat on, and then you know, there's the guy out there has a hat on. So, the thing like legalize drugs right now. Ask ask me why. Like <laughs> I don't think I need to ask you why you want to legalize drugs. I think it's pretty apparent just from looking at you and how you're dressed today that this would be an important topic in your life. Um, but I, I do love it here. Like I also think it's amazing. Um, uh, I have a young writer friend who pointed out this is the first cycle um, ever that um, Airbnb was around, and so you know people come here they got to find a hotel room. And I bet you somewhere there's like, you know, the, the, the PBS crowd from, you know, from the news hour or something are in someone's Airbnb right now, like kind of snooping around. And, and they'll probably use that as their, their cab drive. Yeah, well, as part of my ass leather reporting today, I was talking to my, one of my many Uber drivers. And uh, I figure if Tom Friedman can do it, I can do it. And uh, she said that she also runs an Airbnb thing out of her house, and it's got a Polish and a Swedish television crew in it. Um, and I was like, I know a guy from Sweden. You should put them. In. But, but they got, what I'm what I'm really not to change topics too radically. But what I'm hoping for is once this cycle is over, Fox News. I spent a lot of time in the Fox News green room. I watch a lot of Fox News. Um, not as much as my mom. I mean, I think the the Fox News bug is permanently seared into the cathode ray tube of the screen. On well, I should I should also point out that if I call my my, my parents on on the phone. And I, the phone is answering. It's like, hello. In the back, it's like, <laughs> Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> you know, they have they, the volume level. Yeah, it's yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It goes is, up. Is, is, it's louder than Hillary was last night. Well, it's such, that's how loud it was. Well, I've always had this Did theory. you guys? Wait a minute. Did, wait a minute. John, you, John. Yes. How loud is it? <laughs> you got to wait for the it's setup. It's so loud. It's too loud. That Bernie Sanders said, could you keep it down? <laughs> That's how loud it is. Did you guys hear, did you watch the debate the other night? I mean, the two of them were shrieking yeah. at the top of their lungs. I've never, you know, I don't know how the modulation device on the, on the, on the sound panel uh, could it possibly just ma- maintain it. Those two are so into each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like a remake of Cocoon. It totally is. So 
you know how this ends, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm PG-13, not R, but PG-13. It's like, it's a rom-com. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and they did, it's true, because they start out at the beginning of the debate, actually, the beginning of the debate, they were like, Hating each other, right? She was like, that's how, she that's was. How every rom com starts. I hate a, you. I hate your values. That's I hate your crook. Artful smear. First what? time in the history of Bernie Sanders' life that anyone called anything that he did artful. <laughs> artful? He's like, you are a, not a progressive. This is so artful. Yeah. Well, what a what an artful smear that was. But it would be a fantastic rom-com trailer, right? Absolutely. Because, you know, he wants to seize the means of production. <laughs> she wants to work within the system. Can these two ever get along? <laughs> da, 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 I, I really think this is a, you know, I'd feel sorry, you know, for obviously Bill, who's going to be hurt by it because he's so devoted to her. Um <laughs> But just to keep going on, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I drove up here and was driving around today, and I didn't see – used to, used to see more signs. Did, is that anybody else notice that? There are fewer signs, but there's more um, – the Jeb people had a big, um, big inflated uh, red uh, die because uh, their the song is, you know, don't roll the dice on Mario. You know, like, uh, we don't – what do we really know about – on Marco. On Marcos, Marco. yeah. What do we really know about Marco? Well, you know, one of those, one of those ethnic names, you know? <laughs> <laughs> to an Episcopalian, it's really just Everybody a bunch of vowels. Ethnic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen. <laughs> uh, I love your spicy food. <laughs> the marvelous dancing you do. The expressive language. <laughs> don't, don't forget under the sink, too. That's also... <laughs> But, Come uh, but, on, everybody, baby. Do that conga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you can't control yourself any longer. But I, it is different. I mean, don't, I mean, is it me or is it like it's gone? So, so we, we had a – did you guys walk in and see um, – and I, I don't really mean this. I'm not even speaking about uh, uh, politics right now. But there, there, somebody had a hit, hit piece on Trump. Did you guys get that on the way in? Yeah, it's called National Review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is actually shorter. Uh, and it was really kind of cool because, like, you could you, at first you looked at it, and you thought, "I don't." Is this really? You had to read it to know they they were. It was a it was a very sort of low key anti Trump piece. Although the picture, low you know, energy, he, very he was low like energy. pouting. And I kind of feel like that's people are now so they're so hip now to the process, the the, the primary voters that it's really it's hard to poll them now. You, you, these polls are completely wrong. Because uh, they're answering any way they want, they're already way, way ahead of the, of the, 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 the artful smear. Like I think it's hard now, especially people in Iowa, New Hampshire, who are so spoiled. Um, you know, Canada, New Hampshire, and you're like, well, I can fit you in. After <laughs> coffee with Marco, and then I'm, you know, there's a, a kind of a late night pancake thing with Cruz. But you know, that's the story of marketing. The story of marketing is always figuring out how to outrun. Um, the, uh, the wisdom or the cynicism of the American people. So, so you don't have lawn signs. I like signs. that you don't think those two things are different. Right. No, because you don't have lawn signs because now you have virtual lawn signs, right? You have Facebook lawn signs and you have Twitter lawn signs. You have people posting things in people's social media feeds uh, or buying space, which you, a lot of people may not know this, but you know, I can, if I, with sufficient amounts of money spent as the editor of Commentary Magazine, I can force 
something from commentary into your news feed on Facebook, and you won't know that I'm paying for it. You don't know that I spent $24,000 to get 500,000 impressions or something like that. And so when you go on Facebook and you see stuff from Trump or this one or that one, some, often it is been paid for. So part of this is it's intended to design, it's intended to look like it's pure grassroots. These are just your neighbors. These are your friends. This is what they're, they're interested in. And this is because everyone is now onto what TV ads are, even what lawn, sign, what lawn signs are for. And so, and so marketing then moves on to stuff about which people might still be credulous and naive. But it's still the but animating, also the, I think dominating just, force. Yeah, but people are so much more. I mean, I remember years ago uh, focus grouping a television show, and you you know you show them the pilot, and then you have a bunch of you know twenty two, I guess scientifically assembled Americans, which is not really true. What they do is they go to like in L A. They go to a shopping mall or they go to Universal Studios tour, and they say, "You want a free pizza?" <laughs> and you know people, go, eh, eh, eh. and then you go in a room, you watch a TV show, and they ask you about the TV show afterwards. And I remember sitting on the other side of the glass because it's a one way mirror. Um, and to give you an indication of the, the, the level that we're dealing with, uh, someone always points to the mirror and says, is that a one-way mirror? <laughs> and then the, the moderator says, no, no, it's just a mirror. <laughs> yeah. It's just a mirror in the room. And then they all go, oh, good. And they kind of like, you know, they're, they think it's a mirror. But actually, I'm behind the mirror. And uh, so they ask some o- older woman. I mean, you know, she was 50-something. Um, oh, jeez. He's 57. I turned 50 this year. Yes, I'm old lady. Oh, God, my age. Um, and they asked her if she liked the show, and her response was, I think people my age would like the show. And, well, no, did, did you enjoy the show? And she said, I, I think my show, that show could appeal to my demographic. And I, I think that's part of the American public right now. It makes it really, really hard to, 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 uh, I mean, to trick people into buying a thing or voting for a guy because... They're too smart or they're too into the cycle. So, right. Well, that's also, I mean, that's what, because there's a lot of people talking about how this might be a replay of 2004 when John Kerry squeaked past, was it Gephardt and who was the other one? Gephardt and Harkin. No, right. Dean. Dean. Oh, Dean, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and all the exit polls said, because you know, Kerry was interesting. I mean, he wasn't, you know, I always just tell this joke about, it's a Robin Williams joke. About Michael Dukakis. Well, if it was Robin Williams' joke, it was somebody else's joke. Fair first. enough, yeah. But you know, uh, Robin Williams. Too soon, too soon. Sorry. Um, Robin, Robin Williams always used to say in the '80s that they want he wanted them to make sex an Olympic sport just to see what the East Germans come up with. And I always used to say that about uh, Michael Dukakis. It was like he was designed in an East German lab to be like the worst candidate possible. Um, John Kerry was close, right? And um, and it, you saw it everywhere he went in 2004. His poll numbers went up when he left the state, and they went down when he went into the state. And but in the Iowa caucuses, they did exit polls. That's sort of like peace talks that he's involved in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once he leaves the peace talks, then maybe something happens. But if he's there, but all the exit polls said that overwhelmingly people were voting for him because they thought he was the most electable. They didn't like him, but they thought someone else would. And um, it turns out they were wrong. Right. It's like when there's a thing in your refrigerator, you're like, I don't remember putting this in here, but someone must eat this. So uh, we'll take a little break here to do, to do two uh, spots. All right. The, that's the hip media lingo for products. But before we do, 
or one. Before we do, I want to let you know, if you're, not a, if you're listening to this and you're not a member of Ricochet, if you're listening to this here and you're not a member of Ricochet, I have a deal for you. Go to ricochet.com slash NH, NH for New Hampshire. You get one free month uh, for an annual subscription. Um, find out what all the shouting's about. Um, it's a great community of people. Um, center right. We do civil conversation. If you've ever gone to Twitter or you've ever looked at a comment section, it's a disgusting swamp filled with psychopaths who should be arrested. Uh, not on, on, on Ricochet. They're actually smart, um, polite people. So uh, ricochet.com slash NH. You get a free month, and I'll turn it over to John Podoris, who's going to tell us about a wonderful product that we all want to buy. Yeah, so if you listen to Glop, you know that for the last couple of years, we have been sponsored uh, uh, frequently by, by Harry's Shave. Harry's Shave is a uh, company that makes, uh, is, is the disruptor in the in the industry that serves you with razor blades and shaving it's the Uber cream. of razor blades. Yeah. It's the Uber. <laughs> That's it's right. the Airbnb of so, razor blades. So, um, and you know, I used to say uh, until I decided, you know, last month to see about growing a beard uh, that I used it every day, which I can no longer say since I'm sort of growing a beard. But but you still uh, shave your back. But with I, it, right? I shave. My, yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I. I do. And that's not all, Jonah. <laughs> well, the night is young and the bar is open. Let's, uh... But I wouldn't... I, I, I wouldn't use a high-quality product like How much would like you pay Harry's not shave? to see that? How much would you pay... Well, you know, I couldn't really because the Harry's blades are made in Germany. But anyway, um, they are made in Germany. They bought, a, they bought a factory in Germany that makes fantastic razor blades. Uh, making them for a century. They cut out the middleman. You're not paying for store. You're not paying for average. You're not paying for stuff in stores. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great shave. They have shaving cream, shaving gel, aftershave. The starter kit is 15 bucks. That includes razor, three blades, and your choice of the shave cream or foaming shave gel. I like foaming shave gel, but, you know, that's just because I have so much testosterone. Um, and... As an added bonus, you can get another $5 off uh, with your first purchase with the coupon code GLOP. So that means $10 for a month of shaving, which, you know, is a fantastic deal. Shipping is free, and you know how they trick you with these products on, I, uh, with kids. I don't know if you know this, but you kids say, oh, I want to buy the floppy. I want the, the pillow that turns into a blanket that turns into a, that turns into a robot. And it's only $12. And then you go online to order it, and then the shipping fee is like fifty-seven ninety-five, something well, a, like that. It's a but robot. It's, it's insane. Like, they really do play these horrible tricks. Well, so Harry's, the shipping is free. So go to harrys.com now. $5 off if you type on, type that coupon code GLOP with your first purchase. H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, coupon code GLOP. $5 off, $10 for the entire month. Start shaving smarter today. Right. And that's Harry Shave, Clap, please. And Clap, please. Um, uh, the, the Harry Shave people, and this is a segue, the Harry Shave people always say that the, 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 you know, when you have a new product, you're pitching a new product, you say, like, what is the pain, right? What is the thing that it solves? What's the problem it solves? And the problem they say they solve is that, you know, buying razor blades is really, first of all, expensive and really hard to do because you... Now you, you can't buy it. You have to get the guy to come and with they're the behind key, with the special key. So weird. Um, and that's kind of the 
mean, not to diminish, really not to diminish the idea of, of political advertising, uh, political advertisements and commercials and things, but part of the goal of selling a candidate is to try to figure out what problem that candidate solves for the voter, right? Um, uh, everybody's too old, then you want to send a, a young candidate, or too liberal, uh, a really conservative candidate. Um, and you have to figure out what that is. So with, with Donald Trump, it's finally getting over the hump of being properly motivated to kill yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a guy with a Trump hat here. Um, you know, he could win, and when he wins, you know... Uh, You're going to be in a camp, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, not that I'm, I'm sorry. going in. Not I'm that sorry. Nothing I can do about it. As but. one of the uh, so-called gang of 22, I'm, I'm, I'm not safe. I'm not safe either. But um, I, um, speaking I of read... the gang of 22 and the against Trump issue, which I guess most people know about and have read online, and which was... Uh, which was a really, which is a really both uh, noble and editorially brilliant decision by Rich and Jack and others to, to do. Um, sort of. Uh, one of the funniest things that happened in the course of, of the response to it, uh, as is often happens, is the sort of enraged, uh, the enraged response. Um, as a, there was a lot of really, really nice response, and probably from some people in this room, and people really were very grateful that people principled conservatives stood up and said that this was not an appropriate representation of who we are and where we should be but the enraged response took two forms one of which was a lot of people on twitter tweeting at one this sort of thing like and you call yourself a journalist well first of all i mean i'm a journalist because i write in a journal and I edit a journal like it's as a literal fact I call myself a journalist because I what am I supposed to call myself? you write in your little a milliner journal. what am I a milliner journal every morning what am I a haberdasher I was being chased by golf balls right but it's like do what this is this is what you call reporting well no I, I don't call it reporting I just spent 300 words insulting Trump that's all I was, I was reporting a- my own I was reporting my own deepest Darkest rage. I was. Uh, I was interviewing myself. I was I, in, my id. I was interviewing my id, writing about yeah. Trump's id. I was uh, offended that I was not asked to participate because I would have. Yeah, I would have put a little. I would have been the lone dissenter. I mean, I write a political humor column. Is that what that is? <laughs> I so want a President Trump. <laughs> I could phone this thing in. I'm sorry, I mean, but that's for as long like as the being an lasts, Ethel Merman impersonator. Yeah. Yeah. It's too easy. You can't, you can't, you don't want President Trump. Easy, I like, that's, I like it's easy. It's too easy. easy. No, it's like four years of jokes I am, about I am a Hollywood writer. Hamburger. There's no such thing as too easy. Okay, like, fair enough. I'll take it. Okay. Easy is good. I wait, do, wait. yes. But before we keep going, but I, I do want to, before we, I do want to talk a little bit about the ads, right? Because we were talking earlier about our favorite political ads and, and, just for a minute, we'll just take off our, our, you know, our candidate hat and just enjoy the juicy cheeseburger of negative ads and how great they could be. Or just advertising in general. I remember uh, when Terry Branstead was running for the, his third term as governor of Iowa. Um, you know, what, what's, I think in Iowa they call it the third affirmation of his tenure for life. Yeah, but they had no, they had no slogan for the third term. Uh, and so they, they came up with this one. It was my favorite one, which is "Reelect Change." <laughs> <laughs> I 
And so, so what's your favorite negative? Do you have a favorite negative ad? Uh, I'll think about that. Just that, did you remind me when I was in uh, Anchorage, Alaska, working when I was did that piece on Anwar 15 years ago for the magazine? I stopped in Anchorage, and you know there's signs in a lot of downtowns, those banner signs that hang off with like the slogan for the city and all that kind of stuff. And usually it's you know celebrate Cleveland or whatever. And in Anchorage, it was clean and safe, which I thought was the most lowball kind of like. <laughs> You know, let's not let's not let's not let's not make promises we can't keep here. You know, <laughs> it's it's clean, it's safe. It's well, you know, they had gone with a thing where it said we've gone blank days without a bear mauling, but the problem was <laughs> that they only got to one, and then they'd have to go back to well, zero. Well, so we're, we're going to do bears for a second. Uh, my favorite old Saturday Night Live skit, which you cannot find video on on the web, and I've looked for years because it'd be perfect for so many G files. Um, they had Dan Aykroyd on with his horribly disfigured face. And he's being interviewed, I think, by Lorraine Newman on Book Chat, or whatever it is, right? And Lorraine Newman, or whatever it is, asks him, he says, what's the, so what's your book about? And he says, well, my book, my, the title of my book is Never Feed a Bear a Marshmallow Like This. <laughs> and I still think that's one of the funniest damn things I've ever seen. Well, but anyway. you know, everybody knows that the greatest negative, it's, and it's, it's apocryphal, that's the problem, but there's this famous apocryphal story about a 1948 either Senate or or, or House campaign uh, with the uh, with the long guy who served I think the longest in the House in the 20th century Claude Pepper uh, and he and Claude Pepper's rival uh, did a spot or something on the radio in which he supposedly said uh, his sister is a thespian <laughs> hot. Don't vote for Claude. His sister <laughs> is a thespian, which I think yeah. is the perfect negative ad because because it was true. His sister acted in community theater in you know Okalala or something, and so she was in fact a thespian. But I but speaking of Florida, my favorite negative ad of all time was. When Michael Dukakis in, in '88, um, uh, there was a, a Senate race in um, in Florida, and I can't remember who the Republican was, but the Democrat was a guy named Buddy McKay, who had been the Lieutenant Governor. And so the ad was, you know, Buddy McKay. He's for this policy and that policy, and he's on the same ticket as Michael Dukakis. Good, you know. Hey, Mike and Buddy, you're liberal. And that was it. But it and worked. he lost by 15 points. <laughs> it was just the guy who, Well, again, he was designed liberal. in an East German lab. I mean, he was perfect. But you're the guy liberal. who did those ads was famous for that. That was Arthur Finkelstein. Yeah. yeah. And no matter what, no matter who hired him, no matter what the race was, statewide or uh, local, the line was always your opponent. Yeah, it's, you know, mayor is so-and-so or congressman so-and-so. He's too liberal for whatever the San district Francisco. is the state. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. The guy took a set back, you know, like, I got, I got one for you. Uh, and there's that one. And there's the other, uh, the other brand is when they say, uh, you play the grainy music and they have a picture of the candidate, you know, usually black and white doing something like, like talking to a child, but like weirdly distorted. So it looks like about to eat the child. And it's, uh, what do we really know about whoever it is? And then it's the record. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then it's usually something like um, he uh, bought a boat <laughs> with his book advance <laughs> and he paid off his student loans also, can we trust a man who would use an $800,000 book advance to pay off his student loans and wrong for so and so wrong for your wrong. state well there, there was a thing the other day on Twitter where uh, some magazine asked the question is Marco Rubio too lazy? And they showed a picture of him sitting down. And I was like, first we find out he drinks water when he gets thirsty. Now we know he sits when his feet hurt. <laughs> wrong for Florida, wrong for... Yeah. But, uh, you know, all of this talk about the ads, I mean, it, I, I like the political ads. I'm, I'm envious of them. I have never lived anywhere where my vote wasn't canceled out at least nine to one. Um, so I don't get to see a lot of ads, except every now and then I get the Virginia ads, which is kind of fun. But, um, again, I was trying to bring this up earlier. As someone who watches so much Fox News, I miss some of the ads that have been crowded out. Um, you know, I, Wounded Warriors, great organization. I don't really. I don't need to see hear that song again, um, uh, or see Jerry again. Uh, or, or see what's his name, uh, Gandolfini, come back from the grave to talk about it. But the ad I love the most is the Hurricane, which it begin the ads. They're like Simpsons commercials, right? The ad begins with this sort of like the um, Private Ryan, Ryan at the end of his life, this old veteran saluting a flag against the backdrop of another flag. And this is the greatest country on earth. And the greatest country on earth deserves the greatest cane on earth. And that's why we bring you the hurricane. And I like, yeah, I miss that. Man, they nailed this demo. I mean, this is, it, it's just a. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I actually, I, I never see these political ads either. And I, I miss them. But you, sometimes you watch Fox News. They, they run a lot of the oppo ads on Fox News. So um, I actually find myself missing the uh, self-lubricating catheter. I'm like, what do we point, know about Bernie Sanders? Is his catheter self-lubricating? <laughs> right, right. At this point, I prefer thinking about doing that to myself over another Marco or Ted Cruz ad or Oppo ad. I'm out for that. So Fox, as we're talking about Fox, we were t talking outside about this um, somewhat uncomfortable question of the divide at Fox between the uh, sort of regular people who are regular Fox people and this crew of people led by Andrea Tantaros uh, who are uh, sort of all in for Trump the way that, uh, I don't know, the way that uh, Jonah is all in for The Simpsons or some, or I'm all in for The Odd Couple or something. Or so, I'm of all course, in for America. America. So, um... So, uh, you know, uh, Andrea Santaros had a, had, a, had a contretemps last week with Rich Lowry, who said uh, on the air with her something like, you know, she, she said, I, I just am sick of, I just want a Republican who can win. And then Rich said, well, I got news for you. He lost. And then the camera pulls back, and she's walked off the stage, so walked off the set. So... Um, there's an interesting, and I, I sort of don't know what's going on because Janine Pirro, Judge Janine Pirro, when the Against Trump thing came out, Janine Pirro put out a tweet that said something like, how dare you criticize the front runner? 
what? Like, how dare you criticize the front? You're not allowed to say anything about Star Wars The Force Awakens. It made a lot of money. <laughs> how dare you criticize the front runner? Like, this is like, we, lit, we literally passed from Trump being a businessman to Trump being Stalin in, you know, in, in eight months. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was. And, and so i wondering uh, if, uh, as I hope, if, as I hope, uh, the Trump bubble bursts or he fizzles or whatever, how some of the people who have gone all in in this way are going to put the genie back in the bottle because part, there's two sides to it. Obviously, you can support a candidate who loses and then go on to support somebody else. That's, a, that's part of what happens in a winnowing process in a primary. But there is something about the, the temperature of the, of the Trump supporter that makes the thought that makes the idea of walking back or walking yourself back or sort of getting back into sort of the regular world because you've just said what I want to do is blow everything up you know everything needs to be destroyed and we need to start all over again and that's like okay well I, you know I guess I'll uh, John Kasich's fine with you. yeah I mean that's that's the you know I mean he's a good guy he's 18 years of the budget angry, committee angry. I like the anger and he, you know. Really Listen, like he won by 30 points his re-election, and, you know, he really cares so about wait, the poor. So, but so, Jonah, when, that, when and if that happens, will you let them all back into your Georgetown cocktail party establishment circuit that I know that you swan around in? <sighs> Rob is the only person I know who uses swan as a verb like three times a day. It's really weird. Um, you know why? Because swans are delicious. Nobody knows. <laughs> no, but, I mean, John Riz is a good point. It's, just, it's, it's you know... For National Review, I mean, it, this seems to be a, a kind of a no-brainer, right? I mean, we have, we have said for years and years and years that we, you know, are sort of policemen of the right, or we try to be, that we um, try to uphold principle over party and all that kind of thing. And then, so the idea that we we're going to got, you know, <coughs> as a conservative, conservatives all my life, and I've been in conservatism for a very long time, um, uh, I may not look it, but, you know, I, I got to... I got a, I, well, no, I got an early start. I, I met Pat Buchanan at my bris. So, like, um, I, I've, been, you know, been around. And, so, and that's when he said, all right, I'm done with these people. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> what the hell are they doing to that baby? <laughs> Show me where it says in the book you have to do that. It's the first good thing I've heard about Pat Buchanan in 30 years. And, uh... The, the food, but the snacks are great. <laughs> I, I recognize, I understand the party problem. So we're supposed to watch this, and then we're supposed to have a bagel with a schmear? What is wrong with you people? An artful schmear. Right. Um, but, uh... And to do it, you find an 80-year-old man? <laughs> so, uh, so the problem, it seems to me the problem is, that, that John's getting at, though, is that how do you go back and say, well, John Kasich is too liberal? when you've just gone from supporting Donald Trump. You can't have said that you have this, you, you're a stickler for conservative principle, but you're willing to completely defenestrate it when it came to Donald Trump, but you're not going to do it for all these other guys. I think they're, they're, they're going to have a real problem going forward. And I mean, I'll still be friendly with them, in part because I have to be, but, uh, and some of them are friends. You know, some of them are just, you know, just wrong. But uh, it, is, it is a strange thing, and it really divides. I mean, I can't get too deep in the weeds in it because it's a sort of behind-the-tent thing at Fox, but Fox is very divided about this stuff. And if you look in the New York crowd, it's mostly very, very pro-Trump. And if you look at the D.C. crowd, it's mostly not. 
Um, yeah, but the people in New York are all drinking vanilla milkshakes. If you've been following my Twitter feed, you know that when I heard Bill O'Reilly say, look, I bought you a lot of vanilla milkshakes, and Trump goes, yeah, you bought me vanilla milkshakes. I'm like, who has a vanilla milkshake? That is an infamia on the milkshake, to have a vanilla milkshake. You have a chocolate milkshake, you can have a peanut butter milkshake, you can have cookies. I don't care. You're not having a vanilla milkshake. For that alone, you deserve, you are not... If Marco Rubio says that Hillary cannot be president because she, you know, she is not qualified or she has disqualified herself because of Benghazi, he has disqualified himself because of the vanilla milkshake. And I am totally serious about this. And that's a New York, these people in New York at Fox need a re-education on the milkshake. I, 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 I truly have no idea what the vanilla milkshake thing is about, so I'm kind of at a loss here. But, but you know Bill what? Bill O'Reilly we... said, come on, Donald, come on, the, come on to the debate. I've bought you many vanilla milkshakes, oh, he said. Oh, that would have worked. Okay. I think it's that was not, a euphemism. Wasn't, it wasn't a yeah. euphemism. Oh, I, yeah, I think it was a euphemism. It was something. not a euphemism. I, I thought, thought it was a reference to Well, maybe for O'Reilly it was a euphemism, Pretty but sure I it heard it as a literal thing. Uh, before we, uh, I, I hate to interrupt this thing that uh, I've Vanilla fully... milkshake, when you think about it as a euphemism, sounds like something you would ask for in a Wisconsin brothel. Yeah. <laughs> you want cheese with that? Um... <laughs> But uh, but we, we we have a few minutes before we, we start. I just before, uh, and then we'll break and have everybody get a chance to go and, 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 and tank up. For I will be less sober for the second round. I just want to warn yeah. everybody now. Just so, just so this is clear. So when the minute the debate is over, we're going to come back on stage and blather about it because you don't have any you won't have any opinions of it yourself. So yeah, right. Uh, we'll do some pundit you know, uh, yeah. some pundit uh, pong. Uh, before we do, one person we won't see tonight is Carly. Boo, boo because we're not seeing her, or boo because, you, you know, look at that face. Oh, we're not, right, right. Well, uh, that does seem like a mistake, right? I mean, she was pulling at 5%. Right. I, I, I honestly, it's like, you know, somebody in the ABC hierarchy owned HP stock in 2005. That's all I can, <laughs> that's all I can think. That's all. I've never seen. I mean, they withstood a pressure campaign for a week. You know, I mean, maybe everyone at ABC should go take over, you know, university presidencies because maybe they'll like they'll actually, you know, not maybe cave maybe to whatever make demands Jim, people James make. James Gilmore feel bad. It's like, yeah, Carly, uh, Jim, not so fast. You're gonna stay here. <laughs> I feel really bad about for Jim Gilmore, you know, because Lorelai is really has right, a real right, problem right, right, choosing right. between. But Luke and and I do think the the Carly thing is uh, the no Carly thing, which is sort of a spinoff of iCarly, uh, is a um, is a really it's sort of a great final example of how absolutely screwed up this reliance on polls has been this cycle, right? First of all, I, I, the whole design of the debates from the beginning, the whole design of the debates from the beginning has been awful. It's been one of these terrible catch twenty twos where the people with low name ID can't get into the real debate. And the whole point of the debates is to inform people with the, about the people they haven't heard of before and see whether they like them or not, and they get locked out. And it was all driven by polls. I never liked the formula. I didn't like Foxes. I didn't like CNNs. I didn't like any of them. They just should have had alternate AB, AB, to- coin toss kind of things. And, and so now we actually had people vote. And Carly did okay. I mean, not, not great, but she did better than some people who were up on the stage. And we're still relying on the Fakakta polls. It's really, it's, it's outrageous. You know, on, on Monday, when, when, Iowa, when the Iowa caucus happened, in the afternoon, I put out a tweet and I said, okay, everybody knows there's going to be something wrong with the polls, right? There's going to be at least one big error in the polls. 
What do you think it was going to be? Well, it turned out that there were five, five the five leading contenders in the three in the Republican and the two Democrats. The polls were wrong, and in three cases, wrong beyond the margin of error. And, of course, the main thing was that the Republican polls, 13 final Republican polls, had the race wrong because they had Trump winning and, of course, and he lost. That is, so we've been spending a year, the entire race has been framed by cephalogy, which is the fancy word for the polling industry, that we know is now not only discredit, is, is not only you know, wrong-headed, but is largely um, uh, anachronistic because it does not right. know how to get to people hey, the way it once did. Hey, Jonah. Yeah. What does cephalogy mean? Yeah, so once again, John is wrong. Um, what, cephalogy the, is not the technical term for the polling industry. Cephalogy is the term for the study of elections. Cephalogy comes from the ancient Greek where they used to vote with a little stone or pebble. Oh, and a so, little you know. pebble. Hey, look. Oh. <laughs> they voted with a pebble, did they? So, you know... Just because, once again, <laughs> I got to explain things to I'm you. I'm sick of your establishment, egghead. <laughs> How about a winner? You know, this is America. We don't vote with pebbles, Jonah. <laughs> What's your, why do we, you hate America? <laughs> we vote with fixed machines and coin tosses. That's how we vote. Thank you all very much. All right. We're, uh, we're uh, about a minute from the debate. Uh, actually, two minutes, which gives you a minute to go just storm the bar. Just storm it. Uh, and we will uh, be back after the pageant. Thank you all very much. Thank you. This live Glob Culture podcast is brought to you by The Great Courses. We've been talking a lot about the Great Courses, and we're excited about their new Great Courses Plus video learning service. It gives you unlimited access to a huge library of Great Courses lecture series in so many fascinating subjects, science, history, cooking, you name it. We love the Great Courses Plus, and they're giving our listeners an incredible opportunity right now. Watch one of their popular courses, Understanding Investments, absolutely free. Understanding Investments is presented by award-winning professor of financial economics at Duke University, Connell Fullenkamp. We've been watching it. We've really learned a lot. The course explains the fundamentals of investing for those not familiar with the process and also covers areas that more experienced investors find beneficial. Valuable guide on risk return diversification, financial planning, mutual funds, cycles, market timing. So just for a limited time, The Great Courses Plus is offering our listeners a chance to stream this course, a $215 value, understanding investments, and hundreds of other courses for free you can stream from any internet-connected TV, PC, or through the Great Courses Plus apps. But this free offer is only available for a limited time, so hurry. To stream understanding investments from the Great Courses Plus for free, you must go to thegreatcoursesplus.com dot com slash glop that's the great courses plus t-h-e-g-r-e-a-t-c-o-u-r-s-e-s-p-l-u-s dot com slash glop and we thank the great courses plus for sponsoring glop culture um 
thank you all for sticking around. Uh, uh, we're going to do this pretty quickly, but I, we, we do have a little business to do. Before we start, I do want to ask you a question. How many emails do you have in your inbox right now? 100, 1,000, 20,000? If your email is anything like mine used to be, the answer is too many. But here's the thing. Even though I knew I wanted to do something about it, I didn't know how. I knew I'd miss something important if I just deleted them all. But there are too many emails to go through one at a time. Uh, then I discovered a product called SaneBox. I reach inbox zero every day, and I've got email sanity again called SaneBox. Can't recommend it enough. SaneBox sorts through your email and moves all the trivial stuff into different folders so you don't have to look at it all at once. There's even a great uh, folder called Sane Black Hole. If you move something there, it disappears forever. You never see an email from that person again. I am moving all of my John Kasich for president emails into that box starting now. Visit SaneBox.com slash Glop today, and they'll throw in an extra $25 credit on top of a two-week free trial. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy. There's nothing to lose. Check it out today. Let me know if you love it as much as I do. That's SaneBox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash Glop. Thank you. One question for you guys. I was going to say, though, uh, just if Hillary Clinton had had SaneBox. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Um, I watched the whole thing. I'm, a, I'm just a little unclear. Um, I don't think Barack Obama knows what he's doing. What do you guys think? <laughs> I, I think it's a little... I'm on Rubio's side on this. I think that, yeah, on foreign policy, Obama is a failure and, and has done stupid things, but, but he's done them on purpose, right? I mean, it's an ideologically thoughtful thought through kind of thing. He's, I don't know, say it five more times. Maybe now I'll, I'll get it. Well, no, look, but I, mean, like, I agree that Rubio said it a lot and it was a bad okay. strategy. Can I ask, since we, uh, I know we're, we're on, on the air here, but, and we're also in a, in a room with about, I don't know, 150 people or something like that. So here, I have a simple question for the crowd in the ballroom here in Manchester, New Hampshire, which is who was depressed by the debate? How many people would say they were depressed by the debate? Okay. And how who... many of you were aroused by the debate? <laughs> Meet me after the debate. Okay. And how many people came out of the debate feeling happy, confident, happy for your candidate, whatever? Okay, so fewer than I w So I would say that the results are that, uh, you know, about 20% of people were depressed and 20% of people were happy. Would that, would that be right? So It sounds like New Hampshire. <laughs> uh, I'm and 60% sure, uh, are on heroin, as yeah, I understand like it, from, so, the, yeah. from the proceedings. I'd like a little drug problem in this room, maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't mind that. I, I, yeah, I suppose so. I, 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 um, I mean, we're, we're trying to beat around here is that Rubio had a bad first a bad hour, night. He had right? a very bad night. Uh, and the I second think, hour, I think, was good, but the first hour was the bad. First hour really hurt. That, no, look, look. I mean, just to be—I mean, I—I—I I, 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 I haven't really just made up my mind yet. Although I am very sympathetic to the Rubio candidacy, but I think you got to be honest here and look at it straight in the face. Uh, Chris Christie gave him what they used to call a wood shampoo tonight. <laughs> That's what that was, and it was relentless and it was extremely effective. And Rubio better get his act together. In, in what industry do they call it a wood shampoo? The industry of persuasion. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't think there's any question that we're sitting in this room, and when he, when he, when he repeated his, Barack Obama knows exactly what he's doing, the, the second time people went, no. 
And then when he did it the third time, then I think I there was a kind of horror show. He's too young to have had a small stroke. For yeah. everybody's right. So, um, so here are some little pieces of information that we, have no re- we don't know how to interpret. So uh, apparently he was the most Google searched in New Hampshire during the debate. Now, we know, by the way... That that he was the most Google searched is meaningless because one of the most important things that came out of Iowa and that I had sort of expected but had been kind of fe- felt myself morally browbeaten out of in the six weeks before the Iowa caucuses was that there was at least as much and maybe as possibly as much as twice as many people turned out to vote against Trump has turned out to vote for Trump. And so the question is, are you searching Rubio because, well, Rubio is interesting. Or are you searching him because it's like, what the? Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't, you know. I never understood this Google searches metric as being such a valuable thing. People Google search hemorrhoids and venereal diseases too, right? I mean, it's... it's That's because they want to know more intensity, about It measures intensity though because yeah. there was yeah. a point apparently about halfway through when according... There were more searches about the Republican debate than about the Super Bowl. Right. Now, what that indicates, though, is you know, is a high intensity level. What it doesn't indicate is who's who's doing it, why are they doing it, what are they looking for. Can we can we, can we talk about Kasich for a minute? No, no. I um, would rather show my mother my browser history. Than vote for John Kasich. <laughs> But, you know, the thing is, I think this is where it gets so weird. Because I think you would have to say, if you were, like, to being, like, a theater critic, that Kasich had a good night. You know, he was, yeah, you, uh, let me, no, you don't like him. Molly, you don't like him. But I, okay, so I'll t- explain to you why I think he had a good night. So he was upbeat. He was pe- kept saying, I love New Hampshire. I've been here t- t- 2,000 times. You know, I bought a condo. Get, just get in the van. I bought a funeral Just get plot. in the van. Um, but I think, hop up on the tear stained mattress. <laughs> I will say that what's really funny though is that I was on Twitter watching as I was going, and let me tell you, the liberals in my feed, boy, did they love Kasich. Loved K- oh Kasich. Oh, what a night. Oh, you know, this is the kind of heart that we need in poly- He's really teaching people a lesson about compassion uh, and all I, that. I, so. Uh, Having said that, I don't blame Molly and others for thinking that, you know, he should fall into an open well. But I just even so, I think he and, was and a much more dominating figure than he's in the open been. well. <laughs> so uh, the question I have is whether or not I agree with you that whatever phrase you use, Christie's got wood or whatever. Wood that was really shampoo. strange. But uh, wood shampoo. Um, I agree that Christie gave... I don't think someone from the South came up with that phrase, because if it was from the South, it would be evocative and you would remember it, whereas it took... Jonah completely forgot it after... Or maybe I'm just too saturated in porn industry lingo that I just didn't get it. But um, uh, I agree that Christie gave Rubio the business. The question is, how many of those votes actually go to Christie? Let's let's assume that he stripped a whole bunch of votes off of Rubio. I don't think Christie picks those votes up. I think those votes go, given just going by tonight's performance, I think they go to Cruz mostly. Cruz had a great night. His immigration answer was one of the best answers we've ever heard on immigration. And his answer about his sister on the heroin stuff, you know, impressed a lot of people, um, at least going by the Twitter feed and, and you know, to a certain extent me. 
Um, I thought he had a very good night, in part because he didn't have to worry about New Hampshire like the rest of these guys does. He gets a pass he on New Hampshire, right. so he's building a national argument. Well, I, I mean, the, Christie is a very peculiar political figure because you look at him and you see what might have been. You see what might have been if he hadn't done the hug. You see what he might have been if the bridge hadn't happened. He could have been Trump. In other words, what Trump is in this race right. is what Christie could have been, who is the son he of a bitch. wanted to be. The son of a bitch, that substantive son of a bitch who will give, who is not going to take any guff and, like, doesn't care about, you know, making you feel good because he's going to tell you the truth. And he was, you know, basically handcuffed for much of 2014 and 2015. And, and Trump came in and sort of took his... Position. So the question is, again, if you like what Christie did, do you, you know, is he the jerk you want to vote for? Or are you going to vote for the jerk who's, in, who's right. winning? I, you know, and I don't know. Um, because All right, so, so can we, uh, since we're going through, through the line, and, and, and I, I, don't, I don't feel like Trump had a very good night, and I was expecting him to have a better night. I thought he was fine, except that the thing that is going to be rebroadcast is him saying, quiet. To Jeb, which, which I don't think under any circumstances will be a positive, you know, 10-second sound clip for well, him. Also him telling the audience, the only reason this audience doesn't love me is because they're all donors and hacks or whatever. And yeah. I get the point that he's trying to make, and those tickets are politically appropriate and all the rest. But the audience applauded him at other times in the night. It's like, why did these donors turn on a dime to celebrate him? Later on, and I think that clip doesn't help him too much um, either. Speaking of donors and hacks, um, <laughs> has anyone signed up for Ricochet tonight? Yes, please step forward, sir. Uh, you get a glop mug. A glop mug. Glop mug, everybody. Has anyone else? Oh. Step forward, you get a mug. And, on, so, and while you're handing out the mugs, I'm going to quickly talk about Casper Mattresses, our <laughs> last sponsor. Casper Mattresses is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. I just got two of them. So I will actually, I will for three seconds explain to you. These mattresses come in a box that is delivered to your door. You open the box. They are wrapped in plastic. You take it out. It comes with a little razor. You cut the razor. The mattress springs open. It's light. It's foam. It's memory. It's, um, it's... Beautiful. I got it for my daughters, uh, each of whom has a twin bed. I got one for one to see how it was. They, the other one insisted on it. Um, and it's an amazing purchasing experience because you go online. There's, you know, a Twins 500, a Queens, what is a Queen? Seven, uh, 600 for a Twin XL, 750 for a full size, 850 for a Queen, 950 for a King size. You do it. It came the next day. Um, you know, it's easy to order, uh, and so it's completely risk-free, according to them, because you have 100 days to send it back, no questions asked, no, hey John, no is, problems. Is it all work to go to a mattress store to test out a mattress for, like, 90 seconds when it you is, lie on it? You know what? That's right. So this is, this is their, you know, you go to a mattress store, and you lie on it at 90 seconds, you're going to have the mattress for 10 years. You really going to know how it feels? You're not going to know how it feels, so you have 100 days to return it if you really don't find it comfortable. And it's obsessively engineered, just the right sink, just the right bounce. I don't know what that means, but uh, latex foam and memory foam. Uh, try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days. Special offer for listeners of Glop, $50 off. 
So if you buy the twin, that's a 10% off toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash glop. Use the coupon code glop at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. And that's, the, that's our last ad. So um, before we uh, wrap it up, I just want to let you know, wood shampoo is now trending. Uh, we didn't get to Jeb. 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 Uh, Jeb. Jeb. Uh, look, I think Jeb had a really good night tonight. I mean, it, he did what he, he had to do because it wasn't a yeah. He, look, he did what he had to he do. He really did what he, he had came to and do. He came and he executed his plan. Uh, I do yeah. remember years ago watching uh, um, with a U.S. Open or something, and uh, I forget who it was down there in the in the bunker, and um, the the uh, announcer said, "You know what he's got to do right now? He's just got to go hit a golf shot." He's just got to go just stand up there and hit a golf shot. Like, well, what the hell is he going to do? Like, get a tennis racket? I mean, like, he's playing golf. <laughs> so there is that the tendency to say, you know, he, he did what he came to do. He did, did what he had to do. I don't know if he did what he had to do. He went until Tuesday. But uh, he was present. He was kind of funny. Uh, he was not low energy. It's too late. He was late. a little low energy, though. He was a well, little low well, energy. Well, we're all a little low energy. It's a little low energy. I mean, you know... Uh, I think he was good, and I think one is now in the position of grading him on a positive curve as opposed to maybe grading right. him on a negative curve three or four months ago when it was like, oh, you have $100 million. You better show me something. Now it's like, God, it's so sad. Look, he's 3% having raised $150 million. You know, that was a nice answer. That was, that was yeah. good. That was good. So it's like, you know, if he comes out of this state with 10%, it'll be like, you know, he, uh, okay. I mean, I guess, you know, it's not going to be the world historic right. embarrassment that it might have been otherwise, but uh, who knows if that's going to happen. Yeah, he's sort of like the best surfer in Nebraska at this point. Um, um, he had one truly bad statement, which he should really avoid doing, is he said, in the Bush administration, blah, 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 blah. He should never say... Even the, if he it's wins, It's okay, he, he can say it all he else. likes, as far as I... He can say it till the cows come home. It's, it's, uh, he, he should it's not going to have the I, meaning that he, he wants it to. He should take a page from Rubio and say, when I am president. Hey, hey how many yeah. times? Did anyone count? I think it was seven. Was it five? Okay, we well, the then we all, we all win. Unfortunately, we, right. we don't have enough glop mugs, but we could have... Like, 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 a, like a good, a good like a liberal Montessori school. We're all winners... He, okay, hold on. He said it more times than he said Barack Obama does know what he's doing. So he has that going yeah, for him. Yeah, which is 20. If, we, if someone had had Barack Obama knows exactly what he's doing in the pool, you would have won $11 million. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Because I had, in my own private debate bingo, urine and saliva. <laughs> and I was like, ka-ching, when I heard Carson bring that up. By the way, that, that's, by the way that's not the first, that I want to dump That's the first on. time those two things have been mentioned in a debate, but it's not the first time those two things have appeared in a debate. <laughs> well, kinda... I mean, especially Bernie Sanders, right? I mean... Right, exactly right. That's, that's, uh, that's just another way of sending Bernie Sanders underwear at that point. <laughs> oh, stop it. It's late. Oh, my God. It's late. We are falling apart here. But I don't want to, you know, I mean, the thing about Christie is, you know, it was a really, really tough prosecution. He wasn't the, I mean... He, Rubio did it to himself. That is to yeah. say, Christie went after him, and then Rubio did the thing where he said the same thing, you know, twice again or three times again. He didn't have to do that. Like, a, you know, it was like a gimme to, to, to Christie in terms of a victory there. And Christie said a couple of things substantively that I thought were very problematic. In the first case, 
he said he would quarantine people with the Zika virus, which is a little insane because the Zika virus is transmitted by mosquito and not by human contact. And there's no evidence. And what, by the way, it is yet to be demonstrated that the Zika virus has these effects that we're hearing about from Brazil, according to, you know, correlation does not equal causation and the fact that there were these births in Brazil and there was the Zika virus, right? So there was that, number one. And number two, there was him saying that um, having an abortion in the case of rape or incest is an act of self-defense, which is a, it's understandable you're improvising while you're talking, but, you know, if you are pro-life and even if you support the rape, incest, and life of the mother exceptions, to refer to ending, terminating the pregnancy as an act of self-defense is sort of a moral idiocy, I yeah, think. Yeah, also, the, the, the entire group just sort of going all in on drafting women into the military was just like, I mean, really? Um, I mean... You, I mean, John turned to me in the middle of the thing. It was like, you know, 30 years ago, I predicted that the entire Republican field would come out in favor of drafting women into the military. Well, Jeb tried to finesse it by saying no one's going to no, – there is no draft, so we're only saying selective service. But, you know, it was thir- around 30 years ago, at some point during the Reagan administration, that Cato Byrne, late of, um, late of National Review uh, – joined a commission, there was a whole commission about the service of women in the military. And it went on for a year, the whole question of sort of the role of women in the military. And I think what, what's interesting, conservative, I think it was, you know, Reagan started. And, so, and the thing is, in those positions, one should have known. I said, how would you know? But once you put, in the United States, once you pose an egalitarian question, yeah. the answer is inevitably going to be in favor of the egalitarian solution. In other words, the thing that you would have to say, which is men and women have different roles, this is, an inf- you know, this is bad for military discipline, this is this, this is that, is overrun by the notion of overall fairness in this country on almost every, in almost every occasion, even on this incredibly fundamental issue, which is going to have, consequ- which is have consequences and, and, and effects that we can't even begin to imagine. Okay, so what are the consequences and effects of tonight on Tuesday? Jonah. Um, I think I think Cruz is going to do better than I would have thought. He's going to do what he has to do? He, I think they all... You're saying he's going to do more than he had to do. Yeah, oh, I think he, I, yeah, Cruz did more than he had to do. Rubio didn't do as much as he had to do. I mean, to have his worst debate deform, performance... Tonight. You know, tonight, 24, 48 hours before, you know, the primary is just kind of painful to see. Um... The sh- but the shortest answer is, I have no freaking clue. I mean, I mean, it, it, how much these debates matter? Um, they don't matter that much. What matters are the sound bites that get replayed over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. That's bad news for Rubio. Uh, it's good news for Cruz. It's good news for Jeb. I'm not, I don't, I don't know about Trump. I, I okay, I'm going to, I, I was terrified to figure out how to predict Iowa because I was trying to, my, my hopes get in the way of, you know, my, my predictive capacity. But, I mean, I think the only thing I'm going to say is the debate, there's no reason to think the debate changed the dynamic for Trump and that I am hoping, and I think there's some reason to believe this is true, I'm hoping that he has a ceiling and that the ceiling is between 25 and 30%, just as it was just below 
in Iowa, and that even if he wins with that, which I'm not sure he can actually, I mean, unless, you know, if everybody craters, I don't know how it quite works, but um, the inevitability argument is ruined for him. And, you know, I mean, even if, even if he wins the state, if he does, if he underperforms the polls again, and he would be underperforming the polls again, and I think he will, but I, you know, because I don't see anything that happened tonight that would shoot him into the stratosphere. No, but did you see anything happen tonight that would that it would ignite someone that we didn't expect to be ignited? I mean, we all expected, and this still could be true, we don't really know, uh, coming from New Hampshire, Rubio was going to be on the streak. Right. You think it stopped it? Maybe. I mean, I don't think that's, that's, that's an unknowable, but I think what is, what is if he is stopped, you have to figure that I think Cruz will benefit, but that either Kasich or Bush will do better than, than we think. Um, because, and again, because you, New Hampshireites here have a better sense of this dynamic than I do, but the question is whether these independents who can vote in either, did Kasich say stuff tonight that might make an, you know, a bunch of independents vote for him? It's possible. I don't know if you guys heard, but Kasich has done over 100 town halls. Um, and I bring that up in part because he's the only guy who just relentlessly pandered to New Hampshire tonight. I mean, he brought it up in almost every answer. He talked about how much he loved all the town halls and all the hugs and the tears and all that. And um, would you would you hug him? Anybody here would somebody that you would spontaneously hug if he would unhandcuff me from the radiator? Yeah. Well, if you if you put the lotion on. <laughs> What is hard to fathom is that Kasich is a, I, I mean, I, I think better of him than a lot of people do. You know, he is a very peculiar character, right? I mean, that's sort of the, he's a very odd and peculiar and unusual political figure and political character. And for him to try to come across as, a, as the teddy bear is, is a little odd. But, you know, when people push the line over and over and over again, in the middle of an extraordinarily contentious uh, conflict that's going on. He's like, I'm so nice. I really like you. I hug people. And he did, didn't do any of his own. You better do this. Or, you know, when you go see St. Peter, he's going to throw you down into the ninth circle of hell where you will fry in all eternity unless you allow Medicaid to come to my state. You know, if you don't do, if he doesn't do that, maybe maybe people think, oh, he's so nice. Did I don't you? know. He gives off a weird vibe. I, I mean, it's at the end of the day, I and I, I am not. I'm, I know nothing about his personal life. I know he has anger issues. I know he treats people weirdly. But uh, but I look at him and he look. There's a certain kind of drunk that. He looks yeah. like that kind of drunk. And I'm not saying he's a drunk. I have no idea if he's a drinker at all. But he's the kind of drunk that doesn't look drunk, but is. You're like, oh, my God, is he and, drunk? And he looks, he looks angry, and you're like... It's like, it's like 1030 in and the you're, morning. And you're Why like, are you oh, so oh, dear, yeah. you know, the Packers are on, and he's got a bottle of Four Roses. I better lock the door. Right. Just, he gives me that vibe, and I Nobody just, loves me. <laughs> um, did, you miss, did you miss Carly? Anybody miss Carly? Yeah. yeah. I, I miss Gilmore. I didn't miss her. I didn't miss her. I kind of missed her. I like her, but I didn't miss her. I would rather her be there and Carson out, to be honest. I mean, I like Ben Carson. I respect Ben Carson. Ben Carson adds very little to the debate, I think. Well, um, he added urine and saliva. So he, got that. I'm sorry? he added urine he and added saliva, urine which and I earned saliva. a lot of money off of. But, you know, right. there are other people in the world who can give me urine and saliva. Yeah, there's that moment where he says, you know, they were, um, they all kind of wrote me off. and 
But, I'm still here. <laughs> but are you, you really? Are you still? Yeah. Hello? Are you still here? This candidacy brought to you by Sominex. You know, exactly. right. you know, there is one viral possibility here that we haven't even talked about in terms of you know little bits of clips, which is Christie's weird slip in his you know peroration about how he does, how he's such a good and effective politician in New Jersey when he said that he builds bridges to other. And so, no, but I'm saying that's where you don't know. Like, what if? Somebody takes that and it goes viral. It's like building bridges, and then they you cut in like a shot of the five mile traffic jam leading up to Fort Lee. You know, it, that's something that could have come weird effects. You know, what? <laughs> you don't agree? I do. I do agree. No, I, I actually I don't agree. Um, and here's why. I, I don't know why I said I do agree. I rarely ever agree with what you say, but I especially don't agree with it now because I think Bridgegate's you know basically BS, and people don't even know what it is. And I think you, 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 you did put that next to that. Most people say, I don't know what those things I, are. I, I, on the one hand, I, I think the fact that a, a woman died in an ambulance in the bridge is a friggin' silver bullet in a general election ad. I mean, yeah. it just writes itself. But I will say on the other side, one of the things I really love about Christie is he has a really, it, he's like wearing black. He has this amazing slimming effect on me. <laughs> and I really appreciate that. Uh, so he has your vote. Uh, I, I am, for that, those reasons, I'm going to vote Kasich because he makes me look normal. <laughs> John, I guess you're for I'm for uh, I'm for Carson because he because he makes me look energetic. I don't know. <laughs> right. uh, um, on that note, thank you very much. Thank you. See you in four years.
Ricochet. Join the conversation.